Hello, strangers, and welcome to the Strange Horizons podcast for the 10th of December, 2018. I'm your host and fearless leader, Anaya Lay. For this week's podcast, we have How Pleasant the Red Bloom by Lucy Harlow. Lucy grew up in England and Hong Kong and currently lives in Philadelphia. Her fiction has appeared in Illiterate and the anthology Strange Beasties, and her poetry in Bracken and Isacoustic. She is currently a PhD candidate in the English department at Princeton. Her website is lucyharlow.com. Now, settle in. Let's begin. How Pleasant the Red Bloom by Lucy Harlow. And where I language want my signs, the bird upon the bough divines. Addendum. Escape plan failed. Lack strength to obliterate message. Please do not read. Do not think. Do not move. Give no power to the diviners. If you starve them, they will die. You cannot survive this. Dear subsequent inmate, Well met. I trust you experienced a pleasant trial. Trial implies justice. It wasn't trial. Ciphers are things they are read they do not read. I know I did. Mine finished only this morning. I did so enjoying the springtime weather as I traveled to quite the grandest court within which I have ever had the great good fortune to find myself. To have so many fervent, articulate, intelligent people, advocates of murdering diviners, debating the suitability of my subsequent accommodations, a pit, a well, a diviner's teacup, was nothing short of humbling E8 thing. I can only assume that you, dear inmate, like me, are a cipher afflicted with the sacred disease. Sacred for whom? The diviners, not you. I wonder what you did to be denied the leniency of being mercifully euthanized. Exorcism, not merciful, but faster. Get it if you still can. The poor, self-serving, fellow, coward, who spoke in my defense, sold me for prophecy, grew rather subdued when it became clear that the prosecutors would be permitted to take me into custody. I wonder, subsequent inmate, if your spineless advocate requested death rather than your current situation. Stay useful and have plausible divinatory fits. If you don't, they'll do whatever they have to to make you. But certainly you are learning, as I have, that your new quarters are sparse but well-appointed with ample opportunities for amusement. The bed, in particular, is pleasant. Shut up! Shut up! No loose springs or sharp wires to speak of, for it is but a simple wooden slab with a soft, for an old sack that is, blanket to keep off the inevitable chill. 
However, it is my preference to lie here on the floor beneath said slab, a preference you have evidently, given that you have found these little scratchings of mine, come to share. Just stay there. Do not read any more and hold still, hold still. The cell has no ceiling, as you will have noted, and even if the late summer weather were predominantly dry... Thank goodness for the drain opposite my bed, without which I would be using the slab as a raft by now. I suspect that the distant patch of sky just visible from down here would induce a simply dreadful vertigo. Don't go up there. The diviners watch. I hope you, subsequent inmate, feel proud of your contribution to society, as do I. Live ciphers are awfully valuable, yet they blow out so many to the diviners. Those things that made us unacceptable, please do not believe it you were, you must have been made to be loved, to the world are as language itself to those elevated beings. Is it not wondrous? I wonder when they will send for me to read my seizures and to prophecy. They're already watching, you'll never leave. Sometime, what did you know of time, then, now that I know eternity, has passed since I wrote the above. I did so enjoy the cheery bright lightning when I first moved here, but as the months go by, one does struggle to get much sleep. I think it would be quite pleasant if they kept the light at a constant level, don't you? But the persistent alteration. They won't do it if you make yourself fit without the light. Better to fake it. In brightness is rather distracting. In part, that accounts for the modest pace at which I compose this little note. Dear inmate, dear fellow cipher, they read you without consent, provide no signs. Do you ail like me? You must be afflicted with at least one of the sacred diseases. I hope you have been given an opportunity to be useful. I have not. I have never once left my present accommodation. The fits, my, not even the fits are really mine, constant companions, do have the benefit of adding variation to one's hours, but I must advise that you do something about the frequent injuries to the tongue. You fool, you fool, you poor dear fool. Your body speaks even without a tongue. Dearest and most subsequent of inmates, Only I. Only I. I wrote the last some three months back and was forced to stop due to a dearth of suitable tools. However, earlier today, on this beautiful spring morning, I assume it is spring if only because a pretty white blossom chanced to fall all the way down from the sky and onto the ground beside my head, I had the presence of mind to remove one of my teeth. A wondrously good one, A canine, gloriously sharp. Keep your teeth. This has the double benefit of helping to preserve the integrity of my tongue during my fits. And bite out your tongue. It is too late. And of carving the underside of the bed most effectively. And write nothing, nothing, nothing. I think I will sleep now. How pleasant the red bloom beside my head. And bleed. Please forgive, dearly subsequent one, the sudden change in the orientation of this little note. 
We have had two dreadful winters since I wrote the above, and I have now filled up half of the underside of the bed. I find I cannot continue to scratch this message without my feet sticking out from beneath its shelter. My additional sacks are drenched through, and if only for sentimental reasons, I would like to preserve as many of my remaining toes as possible. So I have rotated from my previous position, a maneuver which took several months. Pain all alike, no season knows nor climb, to complete. Most subsequent of inmates, most eloquent of ciphers. Diviner versus cipher equals tyranny. I recall some years back saying something to you about a drain and a raft, and I have an idea. Please excuse my absence as I take a little time to reread this note. Just a check for spelling errors, infelicities of tone and style, that sort of thing, you understand, before I plan my escape. I have moments, subsequent inmate, when I suspect that time does not run the same down here. What I have written, I have written, and what I have written, I have need to unwrite. But my every moment is being read. Not that I write, you understand, but they must be watching me from somewhere. This cell, ah, it seems ungrateful to call it such, is like an enormous teacup, and I am the leaves at the bottom, but I cannot see the divining. I, I wonder what intelligence of the future the dregs of me have provided them. And I wonder if I could ever seize control of the semantics of my own body. The summer rains will come soon, and I will block the drain as best I can, and I will flood this pit. I will climb atop the bed. I fear it will take some years to accomplish this, and I will allow the flood to carry me to the opening. How glorious it would be to float up to the patch of sky and depart, finally, from this generously provided and well-appointed, but rather worrisome. Quadscripsy, scripsy, quadscripsy, scripsy, semiotoclasm, and silence. The rains came, red pawn to date, and I am crowned. Subsequent inmate, I am dethroned. Do I prophesy? I have returned to where I began. Hello again, my dear, my poor, dear, myself. I have seen the diviners face to unholy face, and I made them tremble. But, but, I was, am, weak, and I am returned to the drained teacup. No more. No more. I have thought. I have read and reread and redrafted and corrected. I have a hundred, hundred times and more been your beloved subsequent inmate. I do it so much that I have doubts of my ever coming here, subsequent inmate, truly other. You will only be me, again and again, warned ever more fervently, because I know now that 
I can only warn you. Silence. The self-destroying word. Would that I could render all my words such as that. When my reluctantly eloquent body perishes, I will take my tea-leaf soul back and become every disease of throat and ear, every bookworm, every spark that burns a library, every merciful knife that ever cut out a tongue. Not another word, my sweet. Not another. Come out into the dark, my friend, my wailing child. True without truth, borderless voice, and our beginning is our end. And silence, silence, silence. I will obliterate these scratchings if I am able. I must sleep soundly tonight. Yours affectionately, a former inmate. Welcome back. There is a lot going on in the story, and a great deal of it is in how the text is presented. I did my best to render that verbally for the podcast, but I think this is a story that you definitely want to go to the website and take a look at directly. Lucy did some really cool things with this story, and audio just isn't going to capture it no matter what we do. That said, the circularity and the cycle of trying to write messages to yourself and hold things together when you're entrapped and helpless is just creepy and really well rendered here. Picturing the years and layers of scratching away at a message trying to have any kind of effect or defense is just really well done. What caught your attention about how this story was done? Definitely go out into the world and talk about it. And if you're doing it on Twitter, tag me in. I want to hear what you're saying. You should also make sure you take some time to drop by the rest of the website and see the the other content we have up this week. And one last note before you go. Strange Horizons is an entirely volunteer organization supported by donations from our fans and community. If you would like to support us, check out the donate link on the website. That's all for this week. Until next time, stay strange.